We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Oh, happy May. Welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience. I'm Jeff Daly, enjoying spring in Los Angeles and enjoying spring on the East Coast is Ashley Gorbulja Maldonado. How are you doing over there? Doing well. I am enjoying all of my tulips coming up and flowers. It's it's, it's your my, tulips? Yeah, my tulips. Yeah. You're growing the tulips? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I, I'm an avid gardener. Did you not know that? Oh. Yeah, I even started uh, my my veggie garden, so all my all of them are starting to sprout. So oh. I'll be uh, looking forward to the upcoming weekend so I can take a one of my lovely trips to Lowe's and or Home Depot, depending on where I decide to uh, do some home projects and oh. get really into the, the spring feel, if you will. There will be a lot of flowers in my house and around. We got gardener Ashley with us today. It's yeah. different than work, Ashley, or party, Ashley, or. But they're all Ashley. Beautiful. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. All right. So hopefully we don't have a uh, drug, Ashley, because the military might bust you. And I think that leads into our first topic. Oh, yeah. Our, our first story. So uh, the Navy is deputizing doctors to enforce drug rules, even for those seeking mental health help. This is according to military.com. And it says in the wake of reports that a Navy psychologist played an active role in convicting for, or excuse me, active role in convicting for drug use, a sailor who had reached out for mental health assistance, the service is standing by its policy, which does not provide patients with confidentiality and could mean that seeking help has consequences for those service members in this individual in this case. So the case highlights a set of military regulations that in vaguely defined circumstances requires doctors to inform many officers of certain medical details, including drug tests, even if those tests are conducted for legitimate medical reasons necessary for adequate care. Allowing punishment when service members are looking for help could act as a deterrent for or in the community while mental health is still a taboo topic among many. Despite recent leadership attempts to be more open or be more open and openly discuss uh, getting assistance. Wow. It just seems like such a, like, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Well, my thing and is, I, I realize the government has, uh, or the military has a reason for wanting their uh, service people to be drug free. But, if you take this to its logical end, you're still going to have people on drugs and they're not going to get help with their mental health. So you're going to have a double whammy of uh, operational readiness uh, a hit on that because who's in the, if the, the longer story is it was uh, marijuana was found in his blood. So you're going to have uh you're going to have somebody not seeking mental health because of that. Just marijuana? That's what it was. That's what it was. I just, mm, mm, I have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts. You have thoughts. 
And I and I get the military is federal and it's still yeah oh, it's still no. illegal. It's still illegal nationally. So uh, I get it, but if you're going to seek help, you have to fear that repercussions of getting help. That's it's the catch twenty two of the military service. It's like hey. We really don't want anyone to take their own life, but we want to provide you with services. But then you have to, you know, inform your first line leader or inform whoever's in charge of you. Oh, I need to go to sick call. Oh, why are you going to sick call? Then there's a taboo. Oh, you're always in sick call. Or oh, you're always doing this. And then it's just, there's just not enough kindness and understanding. And in this circumstance, I understand it. Like if they have a, they have a regulation, they've got a policy, they've, like that's those are their right and left limits, but when you're looking at the long-term health and wellness of of the individual, you're reinforcing mental health stigma and taboo, and you're also not setting them up for success. And really, if if you want to get down to it, the drug use might be a symptom of the mental health problem. It might be that service persons uh, self-diagnose, self-medicating only option that's getting them through. So when they go to get help, help the whole problem, help their mental health thing, get them on something that's legal if that's the problem and uh, create a better soldier, sailor, marine, guardian, Airmen, Coasty, they get them all. Okay, we have our ever expanding military. I, I want to make sure I don't forget any. All of the branches. <laughs> all, all the branches all of, of that tree. All the branches of that military tree. So, yeah, come on, military, do better. I mean, just do better. Do better. What do you think? I 100% agree. I think uh, we don't always agree, but we agree on do better. Okay, let's move into, right into this interview. Uh, I'm just going to read, ladies and gentlemen, alphas out there, Marines can read. So today we'll be joined by Bobby McDonald. Bobby is a member of Post 291 in Newport Beach, California. Side note, they have an amazing yacht club if you ever come to Southern California and want to visit them. Uh, he is a proud U.S. Navy veteran who served from 19... 65 to 1968 aboard the USS Tripoli. Bobby comes from a military family. His father and four uncles were U.S. Army Buffalo soldiers during World War II. An aunt was a first lieutenant and one of the first members of the U.S. Army Women's Nurse Corps. He has traced his family's military history back to, ready for it, the War of 1812. Bobby is not only passionate about his family's military history, but all military history, particularly as it relates to Black history. He does historical reenactments, including events with the Tuskegee Airmen and Buffalo Soldiers. He's going to talk with us today about a really cool event with the Buffalo Soldier reenactors that will be happening this summer, coming up. So stick around. We'll be back with Bobby McDonald right after the break with more of the Tango Alpha Lima experience. 
Hearing loss and tinnitus are the top service-connected disabilities, and we know that hearing issues can result in social isolation and loneliness. These issues, in turn, can lead to a host of other potential conditions, especially for veterans. That's why staying connected with family and friends is so critical to our health. The Heroes with Hearing Loss program supports veterans facing the challenges of hearing loss and provides solutions to keep us connected. One of those solutions is the Caption Telephone, which allows veterans to listen and read what is said over the phone, making it easier than ever to connect with those who matter most in our lives. Thanks to Hamilton CapTel, the sponsor of the Heroes with Hearing Loss program, Caption Telephones are available at no cost for veterans. Learn more at heroeswithhearingloss.org. Well, we are joined here with the amazing Bobby McDonald. Welcome to Tango Alpha Lima. We appreciate you coming by. And uh, I think our first question is going to come from Miss Ashley. Ashley, you ready? Yes, I am super ready. As an avid bicycler and cyclist, I am super stoked about today's interview. you know, Bobby, you're an amazing individual, and we are here talking about the 125th anniversary of one of the most awesome accomplishments. And this is a this is a quote from your website: crisscrossing the continent nearly 3,000 miles on military bicycles. That is so high speed, and I hope all of you are ready to go for 100 miles per hope because you're going to crush it. Like goals crushed. So my first question out the gate is. How did you get involved with this amazing, um, amazing like storytelling and historical accomplishment that we're retelling um, now through you know the eyes of the Iron Rider? So how, how did you get involved in this? And uh, tell us a little bit more about what to expect from this uh, 125th anniversary. Well, actually, we were invited. I, I am one of the reenactors. One of, uh, I'm a member of the, the 9th and 10th Horse Cavalry Associations, uh, the Greater Los Angeles Area Chapter. And um, one, of my, one of my guys, uh, the gentleman uh, uh, who's in the little video that we did earlier, uh, is uh, Ron Jones, and he's the big bicycle guy. Right? I mean, he's, he's the bicyclist. He's, he's done Route 66 on his birthday and all that kind of stuff. But my, my thing is, he got, we got a call from uh, the uh, Wallace uh, Chamber of Commerce. And they wanted to have some Buffalo soldiers, reenactors, my, myself and a couple other gentlemen, uh, uh, to, to come up and be part of the celebration of the Hiawatha Trail. Okay, they wanted to do the Hiawatha Trail. And, and then when we got up there, um, uh, we, all, we, we took our bikes and we were all gonna ride. And, you know, I, and, and they're the big avid bike riders. I'm just a rookie at it, I just ride normally. But uh, we have our uniforms. We re- we have the uniforms. Well, when we got up there, uh, two of the guys, Trooper Brown and, and Trooper Jones, wound up riding. Unfortunately, they uh, the well, unfortunately for me, I couldn't ride because uh, the uh, president, um, the executive director of the Wallace Chamber of Commerce, had me scheduled to go and talk on Spokane PBS about the ride. <laughs> so I couldn't ride. I was talking. But it was pretty good because we wound up having people come in on that Sunday uh, to uh, the, the hear us speak and, and talk about rides. And we had the bicycles there and we had a set up. So we got to talk about it. But the more and more we got involved with it, the more and more I start, you, you start learning. Because I didn't know anything about Hiawatha. And then I learned about the Buffalo Soldiers, the 24th and 25th Infantry that were there. And it was getting more and more of the history. And you know, 
in our history, we're not told often about what the Buffalo soldiers did and, and different how to how they built the towns and how they they, they came in and, and were the martial law and, and, and those kinds of things. Uh, and, and so I got more and more and more deep. Now, I, I should let the audience know that my dad and my four uncles were all Buffalo soldiers during World War II. All right. And I also had an aunt that was one of the first black nurses officers, uh, thanks to uh, um, Mary McLeod Methune and Eleanor Roosevelt uh, stationed down in Fort Huachuca. So all that's still in the 40s. So I have all this positive history in my family and I'm just starting to start and pick it up more. And, and, and actually, it, actually it, it goes deeper because I happen to have written a book with Michael Hurd from USA Today. We did a book called Black College Football, 100 Years of History, Education and Pride. And, and, and in one of the sections of the book, when we were putting it together in the opening, it said that the 62nd and 65th Colored Infantry in 1866 pulled their resources and came up with $5,000, officers and men, to incorporate Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. So you now have the value of education I like to talk about because they, the Buffalo Soldiers actually created a historical Black college. So this historical pieces, all the stuff comes into play. And, and but the bottom line is we we ride in Fourth of July parades. We ride all over the place. Uh, it's a lot better than riding a horse, which I've done in the, in the Rose Parade. Um, uh, and, and I have control. I don't have to feed it. I don't have to. <laughs> I can watch it. You know, I, I don't have to worry about it. it's having its own mind. So the, all those kinds of fun things. But what become, makes this story even greater is taking another trip back to Missoula and, and seeing what these gentlemen did and then walking the fort and then learning the history and then learning about some other things. I mean, I, I could go on and on about the history that's right there in Missoula that's, that started. But um, this is fantastic. I'm, um, my, my day job is I run the Black Chamber of Commerce for Orange County and I'm a chair and president of the, Orange, of the Black Chamber Education Fund. So it all has to do with education. And so going back up there to Missoula and, and talking to the people and getting the museums involved and stuff, I, I, they said, well, you know, we're getting ready to come up with the 125th anniversary. And so I said, oh, the Quasque Centennial. So try to say Quasque three times. But, but I specifically, the point avoided is, that, specifically avoided that. I know, I know myself. Yeah, well, it's the 125th, which is great for, for, for not, I'm in the, anything that has a five or a zero in it. Again, going back a little bit in history, I happened to have had the opportunity to do Coach Eddie Robinson from Grambling's 50th anniversary down in Louisiana. He went to school with my uncles at, at Leland University. So I have all this history in me and behind me, and, and I'm just kind of bringing it to the forefront. But knowing this 125th anniversary, the Quasque Centennial, it gave me an opportunity to go back and get with Destination Missoula, get with the American Legion, uh, if I'm saying, I, allow me to say, getting with the VFW, getting with all those groups is it, pretty important. I just mentioned the VFW, but the first unit that was called up, first regiment unit called up for the, the Spanish-American War was the 25th Infantry. So it was one of the four Black units that called up. Actually, all four units all went to uh, the Spanish-American War. Riding a bicycle 
is, is amazing. You mentioned it earlier about the three, three, uh, 3,000 miles. They went on three trips. They, they went to, to McDonald Lake and McDonald Peak, I guess it was. Then they went to Wyoming. Then they came back and did the 1,900-mile ride. Went through five states. Um, what a trip. Uh, we, um, uh, uh, we, we have replica bikes. We, we ordered replica bikes somewhere out of uh, Oregon and Alameda, California. So we have replica bikes. So they, they're not uh, the 15-speed um, derailers. <laughs> this is, they're, the, they're the real deal, which makes it even more, more fun to ride. And, with the, the, and keeping in mind they have 60 pounds on their bikes and stuff on the packs. This was just truly amazing. Again, it was the U.S. Army's great cycling experiment of, experiment of 1897. So this is really impressive. So not only are you celebrating this 125th anniversary of the Iron Riders, um, but you're also celebrating the proud history of the Buffalo Soldiers in the Northwest. And you're creating, if I'm not mistaken, a Buffalo Soldiers National Trail. Because I saw on your website, which looks great, by the way, Thank you've you. got a handful of partners, um, you know, museums, folks that are going to be along the, I'm assuming, the trail. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the Buffalo Soldiers National Trail. And if, if, is that something that existed before, something that you kind of come up with, you know, in this in this planning phase of all this coming together? Or is this going to be like a new venture in Trailblaze? Well, one of the things that the, the gentleman and uh, the people in Wallace wanted to do was put up, uh, you know, an interpretive display from when the Buffalo Soldiers were there. So as you can see that one and on Friday, we were going to take a bus from Missoula, Fort Missoula, all the way up to Wallace, and we will be treated to that. We'll, we'll have a chance to go around through Wallace. Because the 25th Infantry was sent up to Wallace uh, during the, the mining strikes. I mean, Roosevelt, as in Teddy, sent them all up there to, to be martial law. And then eventually, later on, back in the 1900s, the, early 19th, the 24th and the 25th Infantry was there to save all those towns during the big burn, the big fire. So there's a lot of historical stuff there. Uh, the trail idea came about from uh, two different individuals. Uh, one, I came from uh, you know, uh, the, the executive director of the Wallace Chamber, you know, Dave Copeland, and also um, uh, a, a good friend who wound up calling the Buffalo Soldier National Museum in Houston and wanted to know more about, heard about the ride. And of course, the uh, Trooper Matthews down there said, call Bobby. California, and he did, and that is, uh, you know, Kevin Smith, who's a, an interpreter and, and works for the Missouri State Parks. So that's how this trail piece came together. And although we're talking about what we're going to do in Missoula, there's a component from the tw from the twenty twentieth, I think it is seventeenth, seventeenth to the twenty fourth, the state of Missouri is going to do a set of programs and stuff to follow through on the end of the ride. So the the fun part about this. The, the, the ride started at 5.40 in the morning okay, in, in Missoula, and that'll be sunrise this year, and, uh, and it ends at 5.30 p.m. They got there at 5.30 p.m. in St. Louis in Forest Park. So I'm, I just found that to be interesting those times. I just got to find a cannon now at 5.40 to, to kick us off because they had a cannon kick them off. So, <laughs> but, but, but the point is we'll be dressed and ready to go at 5.40 in the morning on the 14th, and get ready to take the ride. I will uh, go the first four miles or, or so on the bicycle to get to downtown on, on Higgins Street and go to the Holiday Inn. 
and then I'll wave at them as they keep going. Okay, because we right. do have two rides. One is going to go all the way, and one is going to go for three days on the trail, and then turn up to uh, a big, I believe it's three rivers, three forks, and then coming back. Later cool. on. Yeah. So the uh, you mentioned the that the bikes are replicas. Yes. Are, are they as difficult to ride as the originals, or because we saw in the video that they would fall, they would have to repair them and and do all that stuff on the go. Will your riders have to do all that stuff? Um, I won't. You won't. No. <laughs> I won't. I won't. No, when it's because usually when you when they're replica bikes, but they're not made for that that long haul. At least like the Rexer one. So I mean, I wouldn't do that. Uh, but I can tell you, uh, they're a little stiff. They're not your. But, you know, Spalding, again, back in those days, back in that time, you know, the bicycles was a big thing back east, back in New York and east, back in those areas. And, and that was a big deal. Um, when you stop and you think, I'm not going to ride over any railroad tracks. I'm not going to be riding in mud. I'm not going to be riding over sand. I'm not going to be riding in snow. See, that's, that, that's, what, that's the mind-blowing thing in my, my head. That's a lot. I mean, you see the nice picture that we have on the website and stuff where they're riding on the railroad track. That's probably the easiest. But even when I was growing up, I wouldn't ride on the railroad tracks. No. That's a big bump. But these guys did it. And, and um, what's really also unique, we were talking about the bicycles, but let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Program starts on the 14th. And I don't know if I'm either Hannibal Smith uh, love it when a plan comes together, or I'm Dr. Frankenstein. But um, the American Legion, the American Legion uh, state uh, district or state uh, convention is going to be in Missoula on the 15th to the 19th of June. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't ask you that. <laughs> you can't make that up. Um, the 14th of uh, June uh, is a Tuesday, but it's the army birthday and it's flag day. So I'm looking at all these fun things. And when you go do a little bit more history about Moss, you'll find out that Moss, Lieutenant Moss wrote a lot of historical pieces just on the American flag. So, I mean, I, and, and there's so much, there's so much detail within detail within detail in, the, in this this ride that I'm learning, it's almost scary. I mean, if you're a sponge, you, you're, you're over-soaked, I can tell you. But it's just finding out all these little pieces of history, not just about these guys, but the things they did afterwards. And But to have the national parks and, and have the, the, the community and to have um, actually the country involved in this is, is pretty huge. I hope that uh, you get a lot of press, on, especially on these uh, milestone dates and uh, events that are happening because you have all that history in you and there's so much history with this ride and you spoke of the elements the the, the challenge of the weather and the terrain mm -hmm. they also had some uh cultural uh challenges i don't know if you are going to get into that on the event uh the the sundown towns they had to go through and the and the the, the places where people have never seen anyone like them uh are you getting into that kind of history you know the, the I'm, I'm glad you asked that 
because the answer to the question is yes. Okay, the short answer is yes. The, the, the fun part also about this is going back and look at, you know, of the 23 people that wrote, one of the individuals was, it, it was, was a student at the University of Montana who was writing for the Missoulian. So, uh, and by the way, he did not ride a Spalding bike. Okay, he had to ride another bike. So he had a whole different set of program, but he wrote all this. And you can tell the difference when he went, they went through the different states. Uh, there's a, uh, a blog that was put, I forget the guy's first name, but his name is Higgins. And he went back and took all those articles that, uh, that the Bose was the name of the kid that wrote and did a blog on it. And all that information you're talking about came out. It was a lot different when they were still in Wyoming and, and they were in North Dakota, I mean, South Dakota. And it got a little funny when they got uh, down toward Nebraska and uh, on the fourth, they got in Nebraska on the 4th of July. And then when they got to Missouri, life changed. Oh, okay. Life changed. All right. Um, and, and, and you get to read all that. And, um, and, and you know, like you like you suggested, I'm trying to stay as positive as I can. Mm -hmm. The program, I gl I'm glad you brought it up because those issues do come up. I'm not afraid to talk about them, but um, let us put it this way: I want this to be a positive experience, and even that stuff that happened, okay, those guys took a lot of things away from it. And I kind of think of it as positive because they had so many challenges, right. and yet they persevered and peddled their way into our uh, country's history and, and the lore of, of the Buffalo Soldiers, because they are part of the Buffalo Soldiers. Well, and it, as, you, as you take it further, you take after the ride, mm -hmm. you take after the ride, you, 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 you'll hear about Mingo Sanders and his exploits when he and the, the 25th Infantry were down in, um, in Cuba, all right? helping out Teddy Roosevelt and the rest of them, right? And you'll hear about, he was part of the Brownville deal down in Houston, okay? And, 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 and uh, there's so many pieces to this story as you go on. Now, a fun part, but another fun part is, did you know that uh, in 1894, uh, uh, the, the, the cap, the, the, the not the colonel, the general up there was a baseball nut. So they started a baseball team. So they had a 25th Infantry Wreckers. They were called the Wreckers. I found a picture of the uniform. Wow. I'm going to do a big poster just on the baseball. Very yeah. uh, Well, it's all coming together, and it's 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 amazing how you brought up the A-team. Uh, love it when the plan comes together, because <laughs> there's so many pieces to the story, and there's so many pieces to your event. and. Uh, I think that the parallel is poetic and I think it's going to propel your story into the minds and hearts of, uh, of a lot of people. Uh, Ashley, have a follow-up on that? I just wanted to, you know, just acknowledge that, you know, this, this nickname of the iron riders, you know, not only for the heavy, you know, one speed cycles that they pedaled, but for you know, the iron hard constitutions and the intrepid group that made this six week trip battling poor roads and every kind of weather condition and meager rations and even prejudice. And I think it's an amazing piece of history 
And I'm really excited for Bobby and his team and all of the work that has been put into this. And, you know, still regardless, you know, received as heroes, you know, welcoming home or, you know, welcoming, you know, a, a national claim to when they arrived in St. Louis. So I think this is an incredibly important piece of history. I myself am a bit of a history, you know, sponge for uh, <laughs> the play on words that Bobby used earlier. So I think that this is super exciting. There's a lot of, you know, simultaneous events and um, I'm really excited to, I'm really excited to see this come to fruition in June for your team, Bobby. So I just want to say thank you for, for taking the time to explore the topic further with us today. And um, Jeff, all right, that's, that's what I got. Any last words, Mr. McDonald? Oh, yeah. I want to thank the American Legion for helping me uh, run this thing. I mean, Jeff uh, Stouffer came in and, and it's making me look like I'm, I'm somebody, right? I mean, you guys are wonderful. I mean, guys and gals, all right, are wonderful. This was, uh, this exploded when you took over. I mean, I'm getting calls from all over the country because of the article that was written in the February issue, okay? And uh, uh, that's beautiful, totally beautiful. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I do want to let the audience know that we are, we're, we're looking at all the historical aspects I mean, the, the, the internment camp that was going on up there, the prisoner of war camp that was going on, all that feature, the golf tournament is going to be on the, on the post where the post was. We're actually going to do a little piece in the cemetery uh, to try to identify those 24th and 25th infantry uh, members that are buried there. So it, it, it becomes a, a, I'm looking forward to going back again. This is not just something that's a one-time deal and we're done. I see this perpetuating, and which is what I use for the Buffalo Soldiers, preserving, promoting, and perpetuating the history of the Buffalo Soldiers. That's what I'm doing. Uh, if people are interested in coming, uh, we just, all they have to do is go to the website, uh, Iron Riders, ironriders2022.org, and uh, we've got a block of rooms at the Holiday Inn uh, from, from Monday through Sunday. And when you call in, if you want to get a room, call in and say you're part of the Buffalo Soldier Iron Riders package, and you'll get a, a nice little deal. And if you're a government employee, you give a better deal, uh, which is pretty nice considering that uh, that's that's big time season <laughs> up in in Montana and Missoula, and so the room rates can be three or four times as much as what we're getting. So I just need to make sure people can get there. But we're going to do historical reenactments. We're going to do historical presentations. Uh, we're going to definitely have a bunch of tours in each one of the museums. Uh, we'll have, uh, like I said, local both bicycle and motorcycle trips. I mean, like we've even talked to Harley Davidson about doing uh, a poker run for 200 and some odd miles. We're going to take that big trip to, to Wallace. Uh, we, we're going to have a huge Juneteenth program. Uh, it is my intention on Juneteenth uh, to, and that's with the, the community, and that's Saturday. If things work out right, which I'm quite sure they will, we'll have bicycles on display. We'll have the, some horses and a, and a display with uh, meet and greet with horses with, uh, with the Buffalo Soldiers, the guys that ride in the Rose Parade with me. Uh, and we'll also have uh, 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 the motorcycle guys. So we'll have all that stuff set there so people can see it. And again, if uh, trying to kick off Juneteenth, uh, yours truly will be in his uniform. And we'll have one of the horses bring up uh, the uh, general order number three that General Granger brought to corp through Corpus Christi into Houston and read general order number three to free the slaves. 
So we have that whole complete thing worked out all week long. Well, it sounds jam-packed. Uh, I hope we get a picture of you in that uniform so we can uh, put that up there. And for those out there that can't make the event, you can learn more about the, the, the event and the Iron Riders and the Buffalo Soldiers, Soldiers because Super Producer Holly will make sure that the links are in the show notes and uh, that people will find you and you're already blowing up. We loved the video. We loved it. We played it here on Tango Alpha Lima and uh, we saw you and now I want your autograph. But I, I kind of want to thank you for showing, showing up for us here and giving us the history and, and the education. And uh, thank you so much on behalf of the alphas, which is what I call our audience, and uh, Ashley and, and myself. I, I thought you were talking about Alpha Phi Alpha because I have to no, be with no, that. <laughs> there's those alphas too. And then there's the alphas like me that roam the earth ruling all that we survey. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to let him have that one. Yeah, I'm not I even going to try him. and argue that. I got him. I got him. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate having you on here, sir. And we look forward to hearing lots and lots about what you're doing and what you're, what's coming up. Well, we may have to uh, try and do something uh, during that event. We may have to work something out with your your positive positiveness here to maybe uh, do something one day during the event, maybe do it when we're in Wallace or something like that. So just a thought. I will get on a bike, Bobby. I have no problems. It would be you more come on up. I'll get a bike. I'll get a bike for you. Come up. Come up. We'll make it work. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks again. And we will be back after this. Join us for the 2022 100 Miles for Hope Challenge. The 3rd American Legion Fitness Challenge will once again raise money for disabled veterans and military families in need. We've made improvements to the 2022 challenge. Monthly mini challenges. Department versus department challenges. And easier ways to track your miles. And we've made it easier for friends and families to support you with donations to the Veterans and Children's Foundation. Our goal for this campaign is to raise $450,000 for the foundation. But we're going to need your help. It doesn't matter if you walk, run, ride, or swim. Just get active. Support our veterans and military families. And let's show the nation that we are Veterans Strengthening America. All right, my alphas, we are back for you and pew, 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 rapid fire. All right, in this first rapid fire, the title gives all stereotypes that you need to know about the Air Force. Rapid fire number one, pew, beanbags, pod chairs, iPads, how the Air Force plans to revamp new recruit training. Ashley. All right, so... I'm just going to direct quote from this article real quick. So Marilyn C. Holiday, spokeswoman for the Air Education and Training Command, said in a recent phone interview that when we hand them a book, it's foreign to them. Let's just, just take that just granular quote here. So basically, this whole article is about Air Force's ditching textbooks and basic training in favor of iPads 
In an effort to keep up with recruits used to having mobile devices constantly in their hands and limitless information at their fingertips. And scene. So, okay, so I, I, I love the idea of having like a multifaceted approach to learning, but I think it's just fascinating from a cultural perspective that we have moved entirely from, you know, print and textbook and having to read and formulate and have to do those like, you know, those reading activities at the end to having those discussions to like being just purely on our phones. Don't get me wrong. I am the type of person who will ask Google all kinds of things and Snap will back it up all day. But I think that there's a nice balance. And I'm not shocked the Air Force is doing this, but I think this title is some super clickbaity thing because at the end of the day, it's just the Air Force adopting modern digital technology and basic training that could, you know, potentially lower, you know, study times for a generation that has never not known a device in their hand. So, you know, also I'm sure it reduces printing costs of, you know, textbooks and whatnot being issued each year and changes because a lot of these are do that digitally, but. You're giving knows? them too much credit. I'm giving them too much credit. I'm also. Yeah, because being bad, they're not just, they're not just getting iPads. I didn't have that much reading in the, the in Marine Corps boot camp. This sounds like summer camp, Air Force. I uh, sit in your beanbag lounge and, you know, read your military information if you want to, or maybe you can watch some TikTok. I don't know, because you got a whole iPad there with no limit. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. They should be yeah, in the I sand pit. Which means like the same thing doing push-ups and jumping jacks and running in place. It's very like modern workplace. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the uh it was like with Owen Wilson and uh Vince Vaughn, I think it was, and they were like trying to apply for Google internship. And then like go in. And obviously, like everyone knows that some of these high-tech companies have these really relaxed creative spaces. And I think it's interesting to watch the Air Force create a, a beanbag odd chair versus, you know, old school desks. I mean, sure, maybe in some moderation, but like, I just don't, I guess I just don't expect it from our military. It just seems, it's just different. It's just different. It's not, it's not what I knew. It's not what I, I mean, knew. If it's, like the, it's not maybe going to work or is working. That's not, I mean, I, I mean, just if it's like the book. tech thing, they're going to have to have espresso machine makers in the squad bay as well. I'm sorry, the squad bay inside each individual condo with their designer beanbags. Ugh, I can't. Housing. I can't test. I just can't anymore. We're done with them. All right. We're going oh, yeah. on to rapid fire pew pew number two. All right. This one, I just want to do a little commercial. I'm going to try to put in at least one Legion town article in the rapid fire every week so if you are out there and you have a story to share share it on legiontown.org it's org right yes legiontown.org and the magazine and website already looks through that stuff but now alphas you're front and stage you're ready we're ready for you uh the podcast is reading and this one does come from legiontown.org it's backpack for hope Supporting the four pillars. An officer of the American Legion is calling upon people to help children who are pulled away from broken homes with nothing but the clothes on their back. 
Director of American Legion of Connecticut's Female Veterans Outreach Committee and U.S. Army veteran Mary Harris has launched a new initiative she calls Backpacks for Hope. The program, which is just starting to collect donations, will provide Connecticut law enforcement agencies across the state with backpacks for children and teens facing difficult family situations. We have 145 American Legion posts within the state, and I'm hoping other towns will pick up on this and offer donations so we can help out the local police departments, Harris said over the phone Monday. Before you comment, I have one thing to say. And I hand it off to you. I think this is great. I think this is, again, one of those true testaments to the uniqueness of both our state legion departments as well as the local folks in the community because those are the folks who understand what the immediate need is. And this was obviously created based on conversations with other community partners. Um, so I think this is super great. So shout out to Mary Harris for you know, this new initiative that's gonna, you know, directly impact um, the children of Connecticut. And it's great because that's of course a framework and that scaffolding that will allow other departments and other local communities to emulate what she's created out of need. So just kudos to Mary. And Mary's awesome. And whoever anonymous, anonymously sent this into legiontown.org is equally awesome for sharing the awesomeness of Mary. And even if Mary wrote it herself, she's doubly awesome. So thank you, Mary. Uh, we are done with rapid fire. I don't know if you have any shout outs. You don't have to, you don't have no, not to. Today. Not today. All right, I'm just gonna shout out my own image in the mirror because it brings me joy and it is. Jeff Daly month, it's the beginning of May, May 21st, mark it on your calendars. Yes, you too can have cake on International Jeff Daly Day. I will allow it. All right, Ashley, take us out of here, please. All right, well, on that note, Jeff's birthday month, also Ashley's birthday month, okay? I'm not as, you know, for, for someone I don't know the full age of, you're very honed in on a birthday month. But, you I'm, know, I'm honed in on, I'm in on celebrating out. me. Yeah. You celebrate you every day, bud. I that's actually, like quite, that's actually, it's actually quite true. Oh, All right. True. Take Anywho. us home. All right. So don't forget to subscribe to Tango Alpha Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating so the world knows how much you adore us and adore Jeff and I during our birthday month this May and so on. And if you do have a guest recommendation, please check out legion.org backslash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link. We'd love to hear from you, your stories and anyone of interest that you think would- Can they uh, suggest themselves? Sure, absolutely. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. All right, I hate to be the one to have to do this. We don't ask you for much. Well, I do. I'm gonna start asking every week. Alphas, we need your help spreading the word about the Tango Alpha Lima experience. It's clear to me that in society today, there are not enough alphas. The military and veteran community can never have too many alphas like you out there listening to the show and continuing the conversation. Help us. With that, I declare season three, episode 103, Mission Complete.